with Chad Lee and Chris Zane. And we are back. You are tuned in live to Fringe Fanatics. I am Chris Zane. And I am Chad Lee. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, as always, we appreciate each and every one of you that tunes in each week with us. We appreciate you guys greatly. Uh, And if you haven't yet, please like, share, subscribe, and follow us on all things social media. And as always, make sure to subscribe and rate us five stars on whatever you are watching or listening to us on. Mm -hmm. Indeed, it is episode seven. 70, Chad. It is. 70. We're up in the seven zeros now, man. We've made it. Yeah. I don't know what 70 means, but we're there. We're, you know, that's uh, 69 (laughs) more than one. (laughs) So that's very true. Yeah. And uh, for episode 70, we are featuring Rayfield Wright, offensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Uh, Played for 13 seasons. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, having Mm -hmm. been inducted in 2006. He was nicknamed the Big Cat. For his nimble feet. Yeah. Like me, light on the feet. That's what you want out of an offensive tackle. Uh, he played in five NFC championship uh, games. Uh, well, five NFC championship teams that advanced to the Super Bowl in 70, 71, 75, 77, and the 78 seasons, winning twice. And he also participated in the uh, heralded Ice Bowl yep, against the old talked about recently. Green Bay Packers for yep. the NFL championship in Put. his rookie season in 67. So he had to be blocking for Roger Staubach. Staubach, yes, yep. sir. The old Roger Staubach. Hell of an offensive tackle there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the greats. Uh, one of the first greats, really. Yeah. Um, he was, number 70 wasn't the only number he wore, either. He also wore 85 and 67. 85? So That's he might, weird. Maybe when he was in college, he wore a... Or maybe... Yeah, oh, he was a tight end. Oh. He was drafted as a tight end. Maybe. That's why he had nimble feet. Oh, he was kind of a little lighter. Yeah, so I'm learning things uh, as I go here. Uh, He was drafted in the seventh round of the 1967 NFL-AFL draft, 182nd overall as a tight end during his first three years with Dallas. Um, He was a tight end, defensive lineman, and offensive tackle. Wow. Uh, In his third season was when he finally became the starter as a tackle when Ralph Neely was sidelined by injury. So look at that, man. The guy did everything. He's a versatile 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 guy. Yeah, big cat for real. The other big cat I remember is Andres Galarraga from the Colorado Rockies. And then I always think of uh, Rob Deardick's cousin. Big cat. (laughs) Yeah, that's I watch way yep. too much Fantasy Factory. Yeah, Fantasy Factory is good. His neck was broken for a good portion. Oh, yeah, for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, he's like, it's not broken. He's like, keep wearing it. It's like your thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just keep wearing it for the rest of your life. Damn right. Um, career highlights and awards. Like I mentioned, two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time first team All-Pro through 71 and 73. Um, well, through those years, um, three-time second-team All-Pro, 1974 through 1976, six-time Pro Bowler, 1971 <clears throat> through 76, and he was on the 70s All-Decade team and the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. Got him there before Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, don't overshadow the big you, boss. Mr. Rayfi- Rayfield Wright. For Indeed. Number 70. This Bud's for you. That's right. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers, cheers. Yep. Let's cheers to kicking off episode 70. Episode 70, you guys. Drink whatever you're drinking and cheers us. And let's all be merry as we uh, drink our libations, whatever they may be. How was your weekend, sir? 
It was pretty good. Uh, fairly event-filled. Merrill had a market on Saturday, so I was getting a bunch of stuff done. Got some stickers done for uh, the old family asphalt business on a new truck they bought. So I was Sweet. doing some sticker stuff. That's cool. Um did that Saturday, Sunday, watched football, went over and watched uh, the Chiefs game with my pops. Oh, I bet you guys enjoyed that. No, it was fabulous. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> Excited about it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, went home and watched the old uh, the NFC Lions game. Yep. Uh, and then Monday night, last night, went to the High Dive. Oh, yeah? Um, Indy 102.3, the radio station, uh, was doing like a 303 meetup for uh, the Fast Eddie, who we featured on the show. Yeah. Um, they were the featured artist of the month in January for 102.3. Oh, that's right. Um, so they were playing like a show, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, their drummer, I don't know, I probably mentioned it when we had them on, but he got diagnosed with cancer. So he, <clears throat> he's been dealing with that and it was his first show in a while. And, uh, hopefully not his last show for the, uh, the foreseeable future. Um, I'm hoping that he gets back up and running full speed here soon. So, yeah. Um, but that, that was pretty cool. Got to see them and it was fucking packed, dude. So many people were wow. out there. It was nuts for a Monday night. I was like, yeah, the high dive's kind of shit. a small ve- venue in it. Small a little bit. It feels smaller because it's split in half because, like, the right. bar and then, like, you kind of go through, like, a dividing wall over to where, like, the yeah. um, <clears throat> stage sure and stuff is. I've seen you play there before. <clears throat> yeah, we love the High Dive. The High yeah. Dive is one of the best uh, venues in Denver. If you haven't been down there, go check out the High Dive and go see some live music. Fuck yeah. Or just in general, it's a fun bar to hang out at. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So we did that last night in lieu of band practice. We had a little bit of a band outing. Yeah. You know, and, field trip for you. Yeah, a little band field That's trip. Cool. Yeah, doing some uh, schmoozing with uh, the radio folk and whatnot. So Networking, man. Yeah, a little That's networking. Cool. Fuck yeah. Network. Spreading those webs. Yes, sir. What about you? How was your weekend? Yeah, it was uh, pretty good. We cooked some good steaks on Saturday night. Yeah, some New York strips. Mm-hmm. Uh, your nephew approved, so I was yeah, happy about Yeah, he sent that. you a very lengthy uh, explanation think, yeah, of why he approved. He seems like he's got a big affinity for the culinary arts, man. Yeah, you yeah. tickled his fancy. I think he maybe is like a food reviewer yeah, or something. Yeah, he's a foodie. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, that was a good time. And then Sunday, of course, we had a good time going to Don's, seeing the Don's family, man. Shout out to Don's, man. They take care of us. Like I've said before, like there's no other place I'd rather watch a Chiefs game. It is... Um, as much as we talk about them, they better start supporting us soon. They should. They, they should reshare this. Definitely. Shout out to you, Jen. But man, it, it was wild. I think I'm still recovering. I'm a little tired today, but yeah, it, it was nuts, man. It was a damn good time. But yeah, it was something I will never forget. Um, it's always crazy around this time of the year on my time hop. I see like pictures from the years before where we've just like been in the playoffs and everything. And, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but, uh, Life is good right now. Yeah. Life is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm happy for you. Yeah, you are. Um, but yeah, that's cool, man. Yep. That's been, that's pretty much about it. And that yeah. brings us to now. Yep. It where is. Where we are for episode 70. So yeah, time to recap and preview some more sports. Yeah, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into the uh, headlines as we uh, cruise right along. Headlines! Get your headlines here! 
That's right. It's time for headlines. We're going to start with the NFL. There's not that much this week in the NFL. There was a good chunk of coaching hires and non-hires and people staying put. So uh, we'll start it off with uh, the big one as the Chargers lure Jim Harbaugh away from the Michigan Wolverines. Yep. And he is now the head coach of his former team. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize he ever played for him, but that's he's kind now of interesting. played for and coached for two teams. <clears throat> he so. said yesterday, whenever he met Justin Herbert, that he was starstruck. No, he does have luscious locks. So oh, yeah, yeah, Herbert's got some pretty cool hair. Yeah, it's like that Disney character hair. I remember when he was a rookie and they made him shave his head and he looked like a goober. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he doesn't look the same. Yeah, no, so yeah. <laughs> but why don't you take us to the next coaching hire? Well, the Falcons finally found their dude, Raheem Morris, who was the defensive coordinator for the Rams last year, and that uh, you know really proved to be a defense that you know kind of scrounged together a pretty good season towards the end of the year. You know, they started off in a slump. I think they were like two and five at one point, but finished the season really strong and ended up making the playoffs, gave the lions a run for their money towards the end of the year. Yep. And uh, good for him, man. And he's uh, going back to the Falcons where I believe he was, he's actually the last, I don't know. I didn't uh, realize this till the other day. So those like, handful of coaches mcveigh kyle shanahan mcdaniel he's the last one he's the last one to finally get a head coach all of them are head coaches now the 2012 washington commanders well back then they were the redskins yep um Every one of those like offensive assistants and defensive assistants now as a head coach. Yeah. And Mike McDaniels, uh LaFleur, yeah. uh McVay, uh Le- yeah, yeah, Shanahan, yep. Raheem Morris. He was uh, I think the Bobby D-backs? Slowick is was one of the guys on there. I think. Was he really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was like a, like a lower assistant. Yeah, he's so, up yeah. for assistant assistant coach of the year. Yeah, so yep. um, that's pretty cool for the Falcons as they try to move forward. I also heard now that uh, since the vacancy has opened up for the Rams, that Brandon Staley is now going to go and head oh, back wow. and try and be the defensive coordinator there. So, is that official? Uh, he's going to go interview, but yeah. it sounds like they may bring him in since they've got the old uh, vacancy there. So yeah. Maybe they could um, get Vic Fangio in there since he left the Dolphins. That's true. Well, I heard Vic might go to philly oh wow uh, yeah he, that's where he left yeah. as a defensive mm-hmm. i think he was like a what do you like a consultant or something last yeah, year after I he got that. fired so yep. uh i think he's gonna head back there but again none of this is for sure uh one thing that did happen last week that we didn't mention was antonio pierce hired by the raiders they do the smart thing and make their players happy and uh I mean, I think he deserved it. I think considering so too. turning them around the way yep. he did after McDaniel's tried to ruin that organization as well. So. Their defense turned it around. I mean, that that was a top five defense after he took over. Their offense needs a little work, but I think if he can get a good offensive coordinator, I don't know if they're still using the same one from last year. I don't remember who it is, but I think if they can maybe even like draft a QB or something like that, because I don't think Aiden. You don't think Aiden's the answer? I don't think he's the answer. No, he's had you know shiny Derek moments. Derek Carlite, yeah. <laughs> He's he's Farva. That's who he is. Dude. He does look he like Farva. Definitely Farva. Is that a liter of cola? <laughs> is that powdered sugar? It's delicious. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, speaking of uh, McDaniel's, I just thought about this. Uh, he doesn't have a home now. Oh. Uh, Papa doesn't have a home, and and therefore baby boy doesn't have a home. So McDaniel's now yeah. uh, is going to be on the lam probably for this year. I don't know if anybody's going to bring him in. Well, speaking of the Falcons, I heard that's maybe why they decided not to go with Belichick. Because he's like, McDaniel's is coming he with. He said he was going to bring in Patricia <laughs> For the defensive, yeah, yeah. and then McDaniel's for the offensive coordinator, and they're like, "Dude, we've seen that that doesn't work anymore." Yeah, look like, what Patricia wh- did to yeah. the Eagles. Like, like come on, dude, defense. it's not 2011 anymore. <clears throat> well, uh, someone's doing some vacuuming. A little vacuuming. Yep. All right. Uh, to the Panthers, they sniped a division uh, division guy. Got yeah, the offensive coordinator from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dave Canales. Yeah, they snag him. He did a really good job with Baker Mayfield. I mean, turned Baker into a guy that you, who we all pretty much thought was done after the whole debacle in yep. Cleveland, and then going to uh, the Panthers. Um, now, <laughs> I guess Canales is there, so maybe that's where Baker ends up. You never know. Right. Think about that. Yeah, I did not <laughs> expect for. Uh, Baker to do this well this last year. No, so, I don't think anybody did. Yeah. I think uh, the Panthers, you know, they got something there, but it's going to take a lot to try to – I mean, you're going to maybe have to make figure out a way to get Bryce Young to grow three inches. Yeah. Put well, they do. 25 pounds I think you can – you can get your legs lengthened now for reals. Yeah, there's some weird shit happening. Yeah, they like basically break your legs and then put like uh, a cage around it so that your bone can grow together. Yeah, there's, cool. I'm sure there's no problems yeah. with that. It's like the South Park episode, you know. I don't remember that. You one. remember that uh, one? With <laughs> Stan basically uh, turns into a black guy in the NBA. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they use testicles to make his knees. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Only South Park, yeah. dude. I love it. Um, that's it for the main coaching hires. There was a few things that happened today, though, in terms yeah. of non-hires, where Ben Johnson for the Lions decides to stay and uh, run it back, so they're yeah. going to do it again. And you brought it up, uh, Eminem. Now he's pretty pleased. Yeah, he does. He gets to take a break from writing his diss track. Yeah, he had a really funny tweet where he was like, "Well, I guess I'm going to stop writing this diss track." Diss track, and gave some props to Dan Campbell and said he's really looking forward to. You know, next year, but I mean, I mean, if there's any celebrity to have on your side, I'd say it's Eminem. That's yeah, I'd take sweet. it. You know, you guys got uh, Taylor Swift and they got Eminem. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Bobby Slowick decides to stay with the Texans. So that's pretty good for them there wow. as well. So, man, that's crazy because he, yeah, he could have possibly gone to the commanders or something. Yeah. Well, I mean with Ben Johnson, they said that everybody was saying that he wanted like 15 to 20 million yeah. as a starting point, And everybody was like, no, yeah, we're going to see what gonna, you're going to do first, man. I'm going to give Belichick that much money. Speaking of that, um, watch, uh, the bucks. I know we're shifting sports here, but I just want to get this out before I forget. They're now paying three coaches. No, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, Boldenhauser, Griffin, and their current coach, Doc Rivers. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of NFL teams that are paying a lot of coaches. The Raiders, <laughs> yeah. especially the Raiders. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so right now, the only vacancy left are the Seattle Seahawks and the Commanders. Yeah, and we'll see who 
ends up going there. They might be getting some college guys or something because yeah. they're running out of options in terms of NFL dudes. So There's not too many. No, be, unless Pete Carroll's still wanting to coach. He may be. I don't know. Yeah, who he knows? He likes to chew gum and run around a bunch for yeah. being 67. So And Bill Belichick likes to murder reporters. Yeah, <laughs> he, he talks them to death very quietly. Yeah, <laughs> just with a stare. Well, that's going to do it for the NFL. Let's move into the NBA. Ooh, let's do it. Take her out. This is me every time I play basketball. Well, Chad brought it up. It's a pretty good segue uh, as Doc Rivers, the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, loses his debut to the Nuggets 113 to 107. After the game, he preaches patience in a situation before the game. He said he wouldn't wish on anybody else taking over a team in the middle of the season. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. Uh, He has one of the worst records in game sevens in the playoffs. Oh, he has the worst seven and 10 or something like that. (laughs) He's the only coach to lose a 3 0 lead, I think, multiple times in the playoffs. Yeah, one of them was to the Nuggets. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but. You know, I didn't realize that this is Giannis's fourth head coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he's probably been there probably eight or nine years, I think, something like that. But, I mean, we're starting to run through him like LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. And it did sound like there was a a blow-up after – I forget what game it was. I think it was in the um, uh, in-season tournament – uh, there was a blow up in the locker room where I guess he went off and was like, what defense are we running? Like, what are we supposed to be doing? We need to come up with a plan. And I guess he was basically calling out, uh, Adrian. Wow. So, uh, that is why he is gone and Doc is there. So we'll see if Doc can turn the ship around and write things, uh, going down the stretch here as we are, I believe, one week away from the, uh, all-star break so yeah they got a lot of defensive uh strategies to fix because dame for one like you mentioned this morning doesn't play defense and if you're going to go up against the celtics or the 76ers in the playoffs which is more than likely going to happen you gotta have to play some defense. yeah well another thing too dame his entire career in portland has been the one handling the ball and Giannis is now the one tasked well has been the one tasked with uh, the offense running through him and I think we are seeing a little bit of Dame not really knowing where, what his place is, and I think that is another thing that Doc is supposed to figure out is yeah. how, how to make this work because it hasn't been working. And like you mentioned before, the defense has been terrible. What are they, like 23rd in the NBA in defense or something? Like I that? think it was 27th. Yeah, 27th. Yeah, it's yeah. even worse. So, um, yeah, they've Crazy. got some issues, which is nuts, as we were talking about. They're sitting in second place. I don't know where they're at right now. We'll go through the standings here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, to be in a situation like that and now be dealing with a head coach change, uh, we'll see if this ends up uh, crashing and burning or turning around. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got next, Chad? Um, I want to talk about the game that I watched. I think it was last Saturday night. Um, the Warriors versus the Lakers went to double overtime. First time against Steph and LeBron that it's gone to double overtime. Uh I guess in their head-to-head matchups they were 10 to 10 and 10. So it was even and then LeBron got the better of him. Man, this was a super exciting game. I don't really know, like to like focal, you know, flashpoint focus whatever on one particular game, but this was a super entertaining <coughs> game to watch. Curry hits a three with like 4 seconds left to send it to overtime and then 
they tie it up, go into double overtime, and then um, no, that's what happened. Is in the second overtime, Curry hit a three to take the lead, and then with like one second left, LeBron drives in and then gets fouled, hits two free throws with one second left, and that pretty much wins it. Yeah, and you brought up a very interesting stat today that I thought should be brought up on air. Do you have it available? Um, you know, let me see. I think I do have it somewhere. <laughs> Uh, because the, in this game, I just want to preface real quick. The, the Warriors were complaining because I think they shot 16 fewer free throws than the Lakers did. And that, that's what happens every game. So, yeah. Away. And this was from uh, the Rockets game. Uh, the Lakers are playing the Rockets. Um, and the broadcaster, Billy Mack, uh, threw this little stat out. The Lakers have shot 233 more free throws coming into this game than their opponents this year. Far and away ahead of the second-place team, the New York Knicks. But this is the crazy part. Oddly, though, the Lakers are dead last in drives to the basket, which does, that doesn't even make sense. That's that a, means that it's just, all like perimeter that just shows fouls. You. That just means you're touching LeBron yeah. and AD. And if it, that doesn't <laughs> explain it right there, because that's yeah. always the first thing that like someone will argue is if they're getting more free throws, oh, well, they're a team that drives to the basket more. This proves that it's no, it's it's the Lakers and LeBron, so they're going to get their calls. And it's, yeah. just, it's just complete bogus, man. Yeah, it is. But still, I mean, as much as we hate, you know, given LeBron his flowers and whatnot, at 39 years old in that game, he did set yeah. his own career high for rebounds with 20. So <laughs> he did have like a 30, 20, and 10 game. That was no, he had a 40 point game in that. No, it was Curry that had a 40. He had 36. Yeah, yeah, Curry had 46. And then, but I mean, them two dueling back and forth, like it, it was really entertaining. No matter how you feel about either of them, if you just are a fan of basketball, it's definitely worth watching. But we would be remiss if we didn't bring up that right now with four minutes and 51 seconds left to go in the second quarter. The Lakers are losing to the horrible Hawks. So that's no, funny. In their face. Uh, another thing, too, we mentioned this before we got going, but LeBron also is now tied with Clay Thompson for number seven overall for three-pointers made with 2,350. And uh, three-pointers weren't really something LeBron did early on. It wasn't until a little bit later that he started really shooting three-pointers. Yeah. So he could be higher up this list if it wasn't for that fact. But uh, I'm sure he's still going to keep creeping up this list as he continues to play probably for another yeah, two or three years for so. all we know. So uh, what else do you got? Oh, well, also on Saturday, since you brought up this last one, I'll roll into one. Uh, it was <laughs> – what were they calling it? Uh Rivals Saturday, isn't that what NBA yeah. was billing yep. it as? Yeah. Rivals Saturday, so Rivals Day, yeah. So the Nuggets were set up to play the Sixers, and it was finally going to happen. Uh, Embiid wasn't on the injury report, yep. and everything was all set to go. 2.30 rolls around, the game's at 3.30, still, go, still good to go. And then right after 3 o'clock, all of a sudden, something happened. Yep. And Embiid is is out of the game for some reason. Did you hear about the MVP odds after this? Oh, yeah. They dropped it significantly. It completely <laughs> changed. So I listened to Zach By's podcast this morning or this afternoon, and I had no idea that they shifted like they did. Mm -hmm. So going into Saturday, Embiid was the heavy favorite for him, uh, MVP. I think he was like at minus 110 odds or something. Yeah. Then after he ducked 
Jokic. And then again on Monday night, missed a game in Portland because he wanted they to They had to sure. legitimize him yeah. actually missing well, Saturday. Well, I missed Denver for a reason. Just didn't <laughs> skip Denver. That now, uh, like we brought up earlier, takes it to where he's only got five games left uh, before he isn't eligible for the MVP. So then after he missed the game against the Nuggets on Saturday, the odds shifted and now Jokic is the heavy favorite. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about this. There's like, I think 37 games left. Yeah. And Embiid can only miss five. And he's questionable tonight. Yep. Well, if they were smart, they would have just put him down as questionable for the rest of the season. And then you can't, there's no issue. But the fact that they left him off is now what screwed them, and now they have had to put his MVP uh, nod in question because they had to legitimize, like I said, his the fact that he sat out on Saturday, and now tonight against the Warriors he is questionable. Yep. Uh, which, like I said, they should have just I, done this whole time. And I doubt he's going to play because it's in Golden State. And, you know, it's still on the road trip, and I I just think it's hilarious because I think it's him purposely doing this to show. I can still ball out and be the MVP, but not get the MVP. I'm in it for the championship, but I guarantee yeah, you like he what, ain't getting like to the finals. It's like what Jokic did last year when he was like, I yeah. really don't care about it's, the MVP, I, except I it's the truth. Pretty, yeah, Jokic wasn't ducking games. Jokic no. just really wasn't uh, – he really wasn't like stat padding like Embiid does. You know, yeah. He's not getting to the line 20 times a game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's what's happening. But, I mean, the, the whole – Point of this is Embiid saying that, like, I don't care about the MVP. If I miss these games, whatever, I'm just in it for the championship. Guarantee you that motherfucker ain't even making the Eastern Conference Finals. No, not at this rate. And, um, yeah, it's... I I think the Knicks are better than they are at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. They're going to have to go up against the Knicks, the Celtics. Uh, I mean, it's a murderer's row in the East when it comes to the playoffs. And uh, they don't play in these games that are playoff atmosphere like what Saturday would have been had Embiid played. And had Embiid played, they probably would have won that game. Yeah, I really think so because the Nuggets didn't really win easily. It was a struggle for pretty much the whole game. Yeah, and you could blame that on the fact, like, I mean, Malone brought it up when you find out 20 minutes before a game that all that you've been planning for is now off the table. Um, It does kind of throw a wrench in things. But, yeah. They didn't look like they were too excited about being there for that game. And uh, cheers to the uh, fans in Ball Arena as they hilariously trolled Embiid, uh, chanting, where's Embiid at? And then uh, when he did finally decide to come out and sit on the bench, which I think there was like five minutes left in the game or something like that, uh, it was hilarious to see the crowd just give it to him and him stand there and wave and try and act. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he just loved it, like laughing about it and shit like that. Yeah, but, it's like, well. Yeah. Who's I, got I the ho- chip? Who's I, the reigning champs? But. Yeah, I hope with, if he does make it to the finals, it's going through Denver, and it would be hilarious to have to see him come here three or four times. So It would be great. Indeed. Well, Chad, let us move on to the next headline in the NBA. What do you got? Well, last Friday, it, it continued. If nobody was aware, last week was the anniversary of Kobe hitting 81, and Boy, did the players try to honor him. So we mentioned last week how, um, what's he, Carl Anthony? Yeah, Embiid scored 70, and then Carl Anthony Town scored 62 on the same In a night. loss that he got benched in. Yep. And then <laughs> uh, on Friday night, Luca tops Embiid by scoring 73. 
And then Devin Booker also scored 62 that night. Yeah, I think Devin Booker last week was averaging like 49 40 and a half points, points or something He was like player that. of the week yeah. in the West. But then uh, also last night, Luka went off again, scored 46 points, and then Tim Hardaway added, I think, like 39. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the Mavs, the Mavs are looking pretty scary right now. They are. And the, the West keeps getting tougher. It does, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, pretty impressive. 73, uh, there's a lot of interesting graphics or memes out there that was like the number of 70 or 60 point games from 1980 or whatever to 2000. There might have been like six. Yeah. Now there's That's like, why Kobe was so special because like that 81 game had been so many years since oh, anybody scored so that long. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the last time before him was Tracy McGrady at like 62. I know Jordan scored 63 against the Celtics, like his rookie year. I think it was, or like the first time he played the Celtics in the playoffs. But yeah, this is just, it's unheard of. I mean, these guys are scoring out of their minds right now. Yeah. And I was listening to a couple different podcasts today and whatnot. Um, getting ready for the show. And, um, a lot of people are talking about the fact that it's the fact that you have all these big guys, these seven footers now that you normally back in the day, if a seven footer is on the court, you know, he's pretty much only going to score in the paint. Mm-hmm. And now you've got these, you know, seven footers that if they're open in like anywhere outside, they're going to shoot the ball and more often than not make it. I heard a crazy stat. Um, Brooke Lopez uh, who damn near dismantled the Nuggets himself the other night with his three-point shooting. Um, his first eight years, he shot 31 three-pointers. Wow. He's been in the league 19 years. From then until year 19, he shot like 2,300. Oh, wow. So, so you could, you could literally see the shift at like his eighth or ninth year was when the big guys started shooting, and they're yeah. like, oh, shit. You actually have a decent stroke. You need to start shooting it all the time. And now mm-hmm. you see it's it's spreading out the defense to where these guys, especially like Embiid, can get into the paint easily and just annihilate people because oh, yeah. you're so spread out. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a sign of the times. It's kind of like in the NFL where, uh, you know, the all of the rules are for the offense anymore. Yeah. And, and it's it's kind of the same in the NBA. And I think we are going to have to see eventually a shift here soon uh, to try and mandate some of this stuff, at least change it to where it's a little more fair to the defensive guys to be able to stop some of these people. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to have to do because, I mean, right now, uh, a really interesting stat is the fact that, like, um, there's more offensive possessions per game like by a lot than there were yeah. back then. That's why when the, the the topic of load management gets brought up, one of the good arguing points is, well, these guys are playing more possessions than they ever yeah. have, you know, so their body's taking a toll and stuff like that. And then, so obviously more shots go up, more points get made. It's uh turning into NBA jam, dude. Yeah, basically, which we all love a good NBA jam. You're on fire. <laughs> He's heating up. Yeah. Is it the shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Such a good game. Uh, <clears throat> well, real quick, we're going to jump back over to the East as there are a couple of players returning just in time for the All-Star break as Tyrese Halliburton is looking to return tonight in Boston uh, for the Pacers after missing 11 games with uh, Moons Over Miami. and then also ben simmons for the nets is returning uh, and will play for the first time in 38 games 
Um, well, he did return for the first time in 38 games and looks impressive uh, with 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Uh, so, yeah, good for Ben Simmons. Is, he is much maligned over there in New Jersey for the lack of time he plays, actually. And he's already questionable to <clears throat> Yeah, so. Yep. Yeah, well, he came back, and then now he's got a resting. Yeah. Game, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Knicks, man, ever since they traded Terry Rozier, like we were just talking about, they've turned things around. They've won seven straight. They whooped up on our Nuggets the other night. That Nuggets was, didn't want to be there for no, sure. They didn't, but <laughs> it was tough to watch. I, you know, I could take a loss, but by thirty-eight, that was uh, that was pretty rough. That was one we both were like halftime. We're like, nah, yeah, I don't need to watch much <laughs> more gonna, of this. Not going to waste any more time. But pay attention to them. They're now second in the East. Yeah. So yep. let us. Uh, do you have anything else? I got just one more. Oh, another good team. Uh, the Clippers, since they got James Harden, have just been rolling. They had that six game skid where they lost uh, six in a row. Now the Clippers are twenty two and four since December first, and they handed the the vaunted uh, Celtics their worst loss of the season the other night, one fifteen to ninety six. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, the Clippers. The <laughs> Clippers are playing good ball. Yeah, we're gonna have to probably play them. Uh, I mean, if all sh- if it all shakes out now, I mean, we wouldn't. But uh, yeah, it's they're gonna be right there in the logjam. The yeah, they're gonna the, be right there in the in the playoffs at the yeah, end. You guys sure. hope the Nuggets don't finish in third or right around there because yeah, that's right. probably gonna be. Right around where they are, but uh, let's get into the standings real quick. We'll run down uh, the top six in both conferences. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Boston Celtics with 36 wins, 11 losses. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, behind them is the Milwaukee Bucks at 32-15. and 15. Uh, In third place, we have the Philadelphia 76ers at 29-16. and 16. And Chad just mentioned the New York Knickerbockers. They are in fourth place at 30-17. and 17. And then behind them, you've got Cleveland Cavaliers, surprisingly, uh, in fifth place with uh, 28 wins, 16 losses, and then in sixth place the indiana pacers who we just mentioned are getting halliburton back sitting at 27 wins and 20 losses and they're getting spanked right now no are they what yeah, is the they're score? playing the celtics the celtics uh, i changed it to the standing so i could cover the west if oh, this look at you finally go. load um but i'll get back to that i'll score go to the scores all right uh the western conference the timberwolves still in first at 33 and 14 then the Nuggets right behind them, just a, a half game back at 33 and 15. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, who the Nuggets take on, uh, who's it, Thursday night? Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, okay, tomorrow night uh, at 32 and 15. So the top of the West is real, real close. And then the LA Clippers, who we just talked about, also at 30 and 15, uh, two games back. And then the Kings at 27 and 18. And then the Phoenix Suns at twenty seven and twenty in the sixth spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm surprised the Suns are still hanging down there in the sixth spot and haven't moved up yet. But uh, they are. I don't know about that team. To tell it's, you the they're truth. so up and down. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, the the Warriors do. The Warriors aren't even in the play in right now. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, too, I did want to quick mention one thing. Steph, um, the NBA all-time three-point leader, is going to face off against Sabrina yeah. Ionesco, the WNBA single-season three-point holder, a uh, record holder at the All-Star game this year. So that should be pretty cool. A little, uh, 
well, man versus, versus woman. woman yeah. yeah, girls rule, boys drool, or however you want to yeah. look at it. <laughs> Watch her beat him. That'd be crazy. I think that'd be so cool. <laughs> she probably could, you know. Oh, yeah, that's so. Uh, but uh, going to the scores real quick, let me run down them. Uh, as if you're watching after this fact, this has nothing to do with you. But uh, the Lakers uh, are behind the Hawks, 67 to 56. Eden Chad just mentioned the Celtics are up 81 to 63 on the Pacers. Uh, then the Knicks are up 57 to 49 on the Jazz. They're at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulls are up 31 to 27 on the Raptors. And then the Warriors and 76ers are in that primetime slot at 8 p.m. So you are right. Oh, TNT. Uh, <clears throat> Embiid probably won't play. It's primetime. Yep. It's against. Uh, well, you know what, though? The Warriors aren't good this year. So he so might he'll play. He'll play so against StatPad. Stat That's it. Is another do. 30 point game. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move into the NHL now. All-Star Week is this week, February 1st through the 3rd. Uh, it should be pretty entertaining. Uh, I do like what the uh, NHL does with the All Star draft, um, the All Star weekend. Um, so they're doing an All Star draft, which will happen on Thursday. Uh, NHL stars will be the captains along with celebrity co-captains. There are four teams. There's the Austin Matthews team. Uh, which consists of Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, and the Beebs, Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> Team McDavid, which is Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Will Arnett, the old actor. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Team McKinnon, uh, which is features Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. You get teammates there. That's and cool. Tate McRae, who I think is a country singer, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Uh, and then Team Hughes, which features brothers Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes and singer Michael Bublé. Um, unfortunately, Jack Hughes will not be participating uh, in the all-star stuff this week because of an injury so bummer for him uh but yeah and then there's the all-star skills competition which apparently has a revamped format it's going to take place on friday night um so that one's usually cool because you get like the speed skating and they like, got a it, cool skills competition. yeah so yeah. It, it's it's one of the better all-star weekends to watch and I actually so, like yeah. take in and, and, and enjoy because most of the time it's just a joke but um yeah, so that's happening this weekend. Um, what else do you got, Chad? You got some things. Well, for you the, just brought uh, up hacky. Austin Matthews. Um, I forgot to mention this before we, uh, when we were talking about everything. He's up to seventy goals so far this year, or seventy points. I think seventy. Yeah, seventy yeah. points. But uh, yeah, he's playing out of his mind right now, and he's on pace to beat the record. Yeah, um, the reason I know it's points is because he just re- reached forty goals before the All Star break. That's what okay. That's what it was. So he has a possibility because he's on pace to reach seventy goals, which nobody's. Yeah, uh, there's been very very few select company that's ever hit seventy. I don't. I'm sure fucking the great one did, but you know, I think they mentioned on PTI he never did. Really? Yeah, and then Brett Brett Hole he did. And I think there was one other guy. Oh no, there was there was two. Yeah, but I can't remember their names. Well, you know what? We'll do a little more research next time, and we'll tell yeah. you who they are. But Austin Matthews is playing really good. He is playing for really the Maple good. Leafs. The Maple Leaves. Yep. 
Um, some bummer news. The New York Rangers just found out center Philippe Schiedel to, uh, will miss the remainder of the season due to complications with an upper body injury. Um, he hasn't played since November 2nd. He had six points in 10 games this season, uh, after a breakout season of 22 goals and 45 points in 74 games last year. I guess they'd been waiting for him to return from his native land, uh, cause he was rehabbing there and he, he returned and went to practice and he fell down i guess and that's what happened i guess he fell down and like just laid on the ice for minutes and then they took him off the ice and whoa whatever happened to him is is stemming from whatever the you know dreaded upper body injury is that he has so bummer for them as uh he's going to be out for the remainder of the season uh and he said right now these last few months have been some of the most difficult time of his life so hopefully uh all is well there um and it's not something major because that's weird when you just fall over, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a little scary there. One yeah. of what, what else? Arrest. What else you got? All right. Well, USA Hockey will mandate neck protection for players under eighteen effective August first. Yeah, and I'm surprised they weren't the first for the under eighteen kids because we did see in like all of the. Um, international hockey stuff they decided to go to wearing the neck protectors um which is just i mean it, all that it is is like a sleeve that's it's like, yeah. a, like a carbon fiber sleeve that they wear on their neck right here to stop um what happened in uh i think it was england wasn't it, it, was, it was, yeah it was overseas, yeah, it was overseas. I uh i think his name was adam jones the guy died yeah he uh got slashed in the neck and died from it and uh this is all stemming from that to kind of uh, quell any sort of crazy injuries like that happening on the ice going yep. forward. So good for them on mandating that. Uh, going to a weirder story uh, in the NHL. Uh, four NHLers have been asked to surrender to police in London, Ontario, in regards to a sexual assault. Um, that's, I, I mean, I think this all happened... Uh, when they were on Team Canada for uh, the international stuff, um, New Jersey Devils center Michael McLeod, Philadelphia Flyers goaltender Carter Hart have been charged with sex sexual assault uh, in London, Ontario on Tuesday. Uh, also, Cal Foot, McLeod's teammate with the Devils, and Dylan Dubé, who we mentioned last week, actually just went into player assistance program, is one of mm-hmm. these guys as well. So, um, They've, they've, to do with that. yeah, they, uh, have been ordered to surrender as well. Um, and then there's a former NHL player, Alex Formanton, who's playing professionally in Switzerland, who's had to turn himself in. Um, all five of these guys were members of Canada's 2018 World Juniors team. Uh, the London police department launched an investigation in 2022 after TSN reported that Hockey Canada had settled a lawsuit with a woman who said she was sexually assaulted by eight members of that team after a gala celebrating their gold medal win at the World Junior Championship. So uh, stuff is happening and there is uh, looking like these eight guys are all going to go down for this. Uh, As they should. uh, Yeah, I mean, if they're guilty, by all means, they should throw the book at them. But uh they're all going to be dealing with this as uh, all this now is coming undone. So uh, that's a bummer story. We hate to report on stuff like that, but unfortunately, the news is the news. Yeah. So well, uh, bummer. Better stuff. news for Edmonton. Yeah, they keep uh, winning, don't yeah, they? They keep winning. It's crazy. They're on a hot streak right now. They've won 16 straight. 
And after the All-Star break, they'll have a chance to break the record. Yeah, which is... Or, no, they're one win away from tying the record of 17, and but they got to wait till after the All-Star break. So it's kind of interesting to see if the All-Star break is going to kind of throw a little momentum shift in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad time for the break to come around. Yeah, it is. And that is when we've always talked about that. I mean, you get those breaks, even like the Super Bowl with the fact that there's two weeks. It's like, that's a lot of time when you're on a, yeah. a momentum thing to be like, okay, now we get a week off and then we're going to be preparing for the Super Bowl. Or the, uh, especially the college football playoff, man. That's almost yeah, a, month. Like a month. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't even been playing football yeah. you're just like, like who do we play again uh yeah. it's tough when stuff like that happens so we'll see if they can continue that uh let's cruise down do you have anything else or we're going to cruise down the standings let's cruise down the standings real quick we're going to hit the top team in each division uh in the eastern conference we have the atlantic division the boston bruins continue to be really good at hockey they now have 31 wins uh nine losses and nine over Time losses for a total of 71 points. They are seven and one or seven, one and two in their last 10 games. Damn. Uh, moving into the Metropolitan Division, the New York Rangers. Uh, they are sitting at 30 wins, 16 losses with three overtime losses for 63 points. They are four, five and one in their last 10. Moving into the Western Conference, we've got the Colorado Avalanche in the lead of the Central Division. 32 wins, 14 losses, three overtime losses for 67 points. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10. And then let's move into the Pacific to round out the Western Conference. You've got the Vancouver Canucks with 33 wins, 11 losses, and 5 overtime losses for 71 points. They are 8-0-2 uh, in their last 10. So they got a couple of those overtime uh, losses in their last 10. So uh, getting those nice points from getting into overtime, which is a bonus for hockey. You could just get a point for making it. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the consolation point. It's a little bonus point. Um, that's all I've got. Are you, you good there? Yeah, I just want to give an update on the scores. It's no, pretty let's talk about it. uneventful right now. The Blue Jackets are taking on the Blues. The BJs. 0-0. Zero, zero. BJs taking on the Blues. Yep, but then later tonight on ESPN Plus, the Seattle Kraken take on the Sharks, and the Sharks are horrible at 13-32-4, and 32 and four, so... Probably an easy win for the Kraken. There. Two scary sea creatures face off on ESPN+. Plus. Probably going to be a little mini <laughs> shark. Uh, we're going to touch on the MLB real quick, and then we're going to get into some college sports. And that is it for headlines, but in the MLB. Juan, a juvenile delinquent in the we need to listen to this first. Major League debut. Yeah, it's been a minute. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Uh, Bob Euchre. Speaking of which, uh, the announcer from Major League, who we just heard, uh, turned 90 last week. Wow. Yeah, 90, 90 years. Good for young. him, man. Still thriving. Still thriving cool. and surviving. Uh, but the reason we are going to the MLB uh, was there was a prized Jackie Robinson statue, a bronze statue that was in McAdams Park in Wichita, Kansas, that was stolen last week. A uh, couple of people up to no good That's cut awful. the statue down at the ankles, and uh, it had been missing for a week. And then I guess, let me see when it was. I think it was uh, last night, or no, today, around 8.40 a.m., they found the uh, statue burning in a dumpster. So uh, someone... 
I don't know. Someone's being a dick. Basically. That's Wichita for you, though, man. There's more p- crime per capita in Wichita than any other city in Kansas. Dang. Yeah. Um, I guess. Let me see here. League 42, which is named after Robinson's Dodgers number, paid about $50,000 for the model, which was installed in 2021 in McAdams Park, where roughly 600 children play in the Youth Baseball League. It also offers educational programs. So someone's just being a real piece of shit. Yep, that's, and, that's and unfortunate. ruin a good thing. And, uh, you know, Jackie doesn't deserve that, man. Not at Broke all. Broke the dang color barrier. Yep. Actually, that's probably what of, it's over is probably some racist I, that's, bullshit. Yeah, but definitely probably what it's people over. Being Speaking of baseball news, assholes. though, just on the ticker here while I'm watching these college Tell basketball games. Tell us about the games, ticker, Chad. It uh, looks like the Baltimore Orioles, the ownership, is going to sell the team. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty surprising. Pretty crazy. wonder who's going to buy it. It's, it's a historic franchise. Super there. rich guy. Yeah. Or a girl. I, I imagine. Lady. Yeah. Yeah. Probably but, a really rich group. Yeah, probably. I'm surprised uh, Dave Portnoy hasn't tried buying a team. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, he's all Boston, so all those teams are pretty well locked up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll see where the Orioles end up getting bought, or you know, maybe someone's going to move them. Who knows? Yeah, I <laughs> hope they don't move them. I've, I've always wanted to go to Camden Yards. That's yeah, a, that's it is a, one of the historic, uh, historic there. ballparks. Yep. Uh, well, that's all for MLB. Let's get into college sports, which we still have football, but we'll figure out a it's more all-encompassing. Red 18. Needle dick. Needle dick. Needle dick. Makes me shudder every time. Every time. Well, Chad, this is your your wheelhouse. Yep. I'm going to let you take us down the college sports, basically college basketball, men and women's. All right. Yeah. Uh, last Thursday, we went out to eat at Statehouse, and on the TV, it was a hell of a good game. It was number one, South Carolina, taking on number nine, LSU, the reigning champs, LSU. Mm-hmm. Angel Reese, the celebrity basketball star on that team, who had to take a leave of absence earlier this year. And I think she's still dealing with uh, – some shit she's got to work through uh, because they had a big lead up on South Carolina, which would have made it a really good upset. Then I think like seven or eight minutes left to go in the second half. She fouls out and then South Carolina just takes over and ends up winning the game. Yeah. Hell, and then, so they remain undefeated. They're still number one and they, they're powerhouse to beat. It's going to be tough. Yeah, we'll have to see what they can do. Uh, their coach likes to wear crazy clothes. The LSU coach, yeah. Malarkey. Kim, oh, is it yeah, Malarkey? The Malarkeys or something like that. Kim Malarkey. <laughs> well, I think it's her name. Yeah. She had uh, a really crazy. And actually, LSU lost again to Mississippi State. Actually, uh, just a, like a couple nights ago. I don't think her name's Malarkey. Uh, Mulkey. Mulkey. Kim Malarkey. That's what <laughs> I like. To call. Hilarious. <laughs> her name was Malarkey. Kim Malarkey. Yeah. If you haven't seen what uh, Kim Mulkey wears on the sidelines, uh, you should check it out because she wears some wild shit. A lot of it's sequins. Yeah. She. Like I think last year in the NCAA, she had like a, it looked like she was wearing a flamingo. Yeah, it looks like, like a, a crazy bird. pink bird. And feathers coming <laughs> off of her is wild. <laughs> well, let's shift to the men's. Just gonna get run through the rankings right now. Number one is UConn. Number two is Purdue, who survived a scare the last boy, night. The and then number three is UNC, who's playing right now. Last I checked, they were up pretty big. And then number four, Houston. Who takes on KU this Saturday? Who's ranked number seven? 
And then number five is not number five very long because I put, picked them to win on my parlay today. Didn't work out. They just lost to South the men's South Carolina just a few minutes ago. So they're going to be falling out of the top they, five. They ruined his parlay. Yep. And they ruined their top five dreams for yeah. now. So. so that is it. But there's, it doesn't look like there's any big dominant teams other than Purdue and UConn so far in men's basketball. It's anybody's. You know, guess who's going to get the number one seeds. Yeah, well, we'll let that play out. But in the meantime, that is the end of headlines. And we are going to take a quick break. And you are about to hear Flight Kamikaze. The name of this tune is The Other Side. If you haven't yet, please go like and follow uh, Flight Kamikaze and all things streaming wherever you get your music. And we will be right back. Give us... Like chill. Surprise me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are back for the second half of the show. You guys just heard Flight Kamikaze. The name of that song is The Other Side. Uh, if you haven't yet, like I said before the break, please go like and follow them on all things streaming and make sure to visit flightkamikaze.bandcamp.com to find out when they're playing next if you're in the Denver area or if you really like them, you can purchase the music directly from them, uh, whether it be their album or digitally so uh you can also get your merch through there as well so check them out make sure to buy some stuff support them and hopefully their fans support us chad hey uh you said yes. it best whenever we first had them on yeah. that first week man that you compared them to Cohe and cambria uh kind of like their sound i want to pigeonhole them too much or anything like that but i was a big fan of Cohe and cambria back in my younger days and i sound like an old person but uh i saw them a couple times so if anybody out there is a fan of Cohe and cambria i guarantee you you're gonna like flight kamikaze good stuff yeah, definitely. So uh, we thank them for being the featured music guest uh, for the music break this month. This is the last time they will be featured. Uh, so until next time, 
we thank you guys uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed them we will have someone new next month which will be next week so that's right here we go it's time for NFL deep dives we only have two games to deep dive yeah exciting stuff we're getting down to the end next week Set a record for penalties. Uh, yeah, so it's time for the deep dives of Championship Sunday. Yep. Uh, I don't know what cool thing we're going to name this episode. Uh, there's not as much stuff for Championship to that's fun. You know, that sounds fun. Yeah. Just yeah, we'll think of it. We'll, we'll think, think of, of it. Yeah, but. We're going to start off with the NFC so we can finish off with the best. But in the yeah, first one, um, the game that was the Sunday night game, we all saw the Lions jump out to a 24-7 to lead. And we all thought, oh, we're going to possibly get see Usher get bumped. We were texting about it. We were like, wow, we may see Usher get demoted from the halftime, and we may see a Taylor Swift and Eminem halftime. There's no way it would blow people's minds. People Just wouldn't be able to handle it. Explosions. I dropped my phone. You dropped your phone. Um, but it didn't happen. No. Because, yeah, the third quarter from the Lions was just atrocious. <laughs> it really was. Uh, and like you just mentioned, it's a tale of two halves. Uh, they could not do anything right in the second half. Uh, and, you know, I mean... It, Case in point, the improbable deflection off Kendall Vildor's uh, face mask that flew into the hands of Brandon Ayuk for a 51-yard pass. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just things going wrong for them. I mean, luck was not on their side anymore. I don't yeah. know what they did at halftime if someone broke a mirror. I think it was the ladybug, dude. The, yeah, that's true. I mean, yep. Brandon Ayuk said a ladybug landed on his shoe prior to the game, and he knew uh, that that it was done as a wrap dude ladybug luck man you know what i'm saying yep uh so uh purdy who had been labeled a game manager all year everybody's you know can he do it can he win a game uh he needs all of his weapons to succeed he actually rallies his team from behind and it's the second time in as many weeks yep that he did so hell of a comeback dude yeah i mean you know, it would, it all started with that that pass to IU. You know, if yeah. that goes incomplete, that game's a way different game. Yeah, because I mean, it ended up beginning a seventeen point run in eight minutes to not only tie but pull ahead in the fourth quarter to win the game. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. Purdy did it through the air and with his legs. Uh. He had some huge um conversions with his legs. Two twenty one yard runs. Ended up with forty eight yards total scrambling. It was. 51, but the kneel downs That's set him back again, under 50. Again, dude, we talked about it. They, they need, need to, get rid to change of that. that. That's a stupid uh, stab. Same with if an interception hits a guy in the hands, it shouldn't count against the quarterback. Yeah, I don't know uh, if they'll ever change that. <laughs> but. Uh, but he ends up finishing the game 20 for 31 for 260 yards and a touchdown. And now Mr. Irrelevance taking on uh, this generation's goat in the Super Bowl. So It's uh, amazing. Yeah, I just... I was telling you just before we started getting recording that I, before watching this game, because obviously the Chiefs game was first, I wanted the Lions to win. And I mean, who did it? You know, they, they've never been to a Super Bowl. The last, they, well, a lot of people may not know 
is before the merger, they were a powerhouse in the NFL before the AFL joined. Yeah. I think they had won like four or five NFL championships and got, gone to a good handful of some. But as soon as that merger happened, they fell off. Yeah, it all went downhill. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, this – I mean, I wanted them to win, and then after they jumped out to a 24-point lead and I'm watching Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery run all over the 49ers, I was like, no, no, I do not want this team. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily the 49ers came back because we've beaten them before and I think we can do it again, but it ain't going to be an easy task by any means. Yeah, you mentioned uh, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. The Lions had 148 yards in the first half with touchdowns from wow. both of them. Um, and with a field goal late in the first half, uh, the Lions went into halftime with the 24-7 lead and the biggest scoring output for a road team in a conference title game in history since said merger. So, oh, wow. Um, which is you know crazy that uh, they end up losing by three. <laughs> it's, it's nuts, you know, and a lot of people, that, that's been the talk of the week, is criticizing Dan Campbell on those four, fourth down conversions. He went for it on fourth downs during this season far more than any other coach. Yeah, I mean the guy's got. You ever ever seen talk about South Park? Big the ball. the, me, the yeah. medical marijuana episode yeah. where they've got to cure the big balls. Yeah, they all get test. They give themselves testicular cancer in the microwaves. So yeah, they get on medical marijuana. It's <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Campbell's had the biggest balls all season. Uh, you can date it back to. Uh, I think what got him was uh, that Thanksgiving game uh, where they didn't end up hiccup there. We are back. What were we talking about, Chris? Uh, we were talking about Dan Campbell's balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those heavy balls that he's Voluptuous. <clears throat> no, but he he's done it all season. He's He's gone for it on fourth down. And unfortunately, in this game, I think this and this could be just you know him being a new newer head coach uh without the lack of um well i mean with the lack of experience in the um postseason i think he should have and he probably would going forward just take the points just take the fucking points because <clears throat> you take the points you put the pressure back on to san francisco yeah because he could have gone up 27 to 7 correct yeah yeah well, yeah, and then they had a chance to tie it midway through the fourth with a field goal, but they decided to go for it on fourth and three uh, from the Niners' 30. Goff throws an incomplete pass, and then San Francisco drives for the game-sealing touchdown at the yeah. end. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, we're, we're talking about momentum and stuff. Uh, the When you go for it and don't get it, especially with a, a team that's is fighting its way back, you're just giving them even more momentum heading into, you know, oh, whatever yeah. drive or whatever's going on in the game for them. So. Uh, it was a bummer to see them fall apart like this. It but, really was. Uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the heartbreak of being a, a Lions fan a little bit later on here in the uh, DDOE. But oh yeah, um, back to the Niners though. They they can run the ball really well too. McCaffrey had two rushing touchdowns. Eliza Mitchell also had the mm -hmm. game ceiling touchdown with three oh two left. Uh, Christian McCaffrey ends up with 20 carries, 90 yards, the two touchdowns I just mentioned, and four receptions for 42 yards. Uh, Debo Samuel, Samuel, eight receptions, 89 yards. Brandon Ayuk, we, he had the uh, one uh, insane deflecting catch off of uh, the cornerback's face mask. He ends up with uh, three receptions, 68 yards, and that touchdown right after that, which started the, the scoring streak. So, um, yeah. It's unbelievable, man. 24-7, and they blew that lead. 
And it's crazy. You got to really hand it to Kyle Shanahan because he has had a reputation of before the Packers game, he was 0-30 going into the fourth quarter when they were trailing. Now, after that, they were 1-30, and and then he's done it again. Two games oh, in a right. row. Yeah, they do. They did it again, huh? Yeah. It's crazy because he, I mean, it, it all dates back to, I mean, even though he wasn't the head coach, it dates back to the Patriots and Falcons. You know, it's like 28-3. to Yep, 28-3. It's like, you know, the play calling when he starts to get behind and get things get frazzled, it really falls off. But I think it really was Dan Campbell that kind of, and Ben Johnson, and a lot of people thought that, uh, his head coaching inquires might fall through after that, but they, I mean, they definitely didn't. I think he just wants to stay in Detroit, but well, it's hard for these guys, especially, you know, you, you get these offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and you go on a run and then they're gone the next year. And it's really hard to keep momentum going. You, the case you, in now point, you've got the a new guy coming in and everything's different. He doesn't no. call the game the same way. I mean, calling yeah. a game is a lot about feel and just, you know, tendencies too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's hard to keep stuff going when you're constantly uh, shuffling in and out offensive and defensive coordinators, especially for these young guys. I mean, it you is. look at some of these young quarterbacks, they've had three, four offensive coordinators in their first before the rookie contracts. Oh, yeah. so. I think Baker's had like five or six at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, in Cleveland, I mean, there was like a new one every there six was. weeks. Yep. Now he's <laughs> going to have a new one next year too. But, so. um, I mean, to just kind of circle back and recap the lions, I, I really think in the big picture standpoint, their future looks bright. And a lot of people criticize Dan Campbell. He had some really interesting words afterwards where apparently he, spoke to the media and said to – he told the media that after the game, he told his players, you guys uh, – how was it verbatim? He says, this – you may not get here again. Yeah, he basically just kind of came out and said, you know, like a lot of things had to go right for them to be in the position that they were in this year. And he he said it in a way that sounded a lot more like – uh, finite, like, uh, we, you know, there's a good chance we won't be back here again. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree, dude. I think if they can, they all, have, all of their weapons are on rookie deals. Yep. Um, they're going to give Jared Goff a new you're deal. You're going to have to pay Goff, um, I mean, probably 30 some million at least. I would imagine so. Uh, but you can afford that right now. Yep. Uh, and for sure for the next two years at least. So I think their windows two to three years. I think so too. Um, but yeah. And even like Goff in this game, 24. Or 25 for 41, 273 yards and touchdown. Dude, they were shredding the Niners. Yeah, the first David half. Montgomery, 15 carries, 93 yards, two receptions, 20 yards. Jameer Gibbs, 12 carries, 45 yards, one touchdown. Sam Laporta, nine receptions, 97 yards. Amon that Ross, dude, seven man. receptions, 87 yards. Yeah. Jamison Williams, two receptions, 25 yards, dude, one touchdown, Jameson one carry, Williams, 45 too. yards, one touchdown. Like, that's just the – if I read that to you and you didn't know what happened, you'd if be I like, just read the stats to you, you'd be like, oh, fucking – The Lions won. The Lions won by, uh, yep. what, 20? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they were doing whatever – I mean, I think – what was it? They scored uh, that first opening drive, what, two or three plays? Uh, yeah, I, I think, think it was so. a two or three play uh, drive. Uh, yeah. I think it was like two or three. But, I mean, they they really have all the weapons in the world. It doesn't seem what they have to do, where they really have to work on, is the D-line and the defensive backs. But, I mean, their rush defense, I didn't realize it until uh, two games ago. They hadn't given up a 70-yard rusher all year long. 
That's crazy. Now it's it's changed with McCaffrey getting 90 yards, but, I mean, that's cursed to McCaffrey. But, <laughs> I mean, their rush defense is great. Him. They just need to get some better uh, D-backs. C.J. Gardner-Johnson needs to stop running his mouth and play a little better. But Well, and Chase Young, I think, was a little bit I – mean, he had those a couple – you know, decent upticks, but I think he was a little bit of a letdown for what they gave up uh, to, you know. I think he's been a letdown for the hype around him when he first came out. Too. Oh, yeah. Everybody is like, he's like the oh. greatest D end ever to come out. Well, outside line, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, D-end, he was just two linebacker. years outside of Nick Bosa. Yeah. 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 When he came out, everybody was like, this guy, like, you couldn't make this is like a create a character, right? You know, guy to rush the passer, and he's had nothing but issues. Yeah. Uh, a crazy thing to talk about, though, just in terms of future, just talking about the Niners. Imagine trading three first round picks for a guy that never plays for you and you're in the Super Bowl. Like what, two years later? You're talking about uh, McCaffrey? No, I'm talking about uh, them trading all of those picks for fucking uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So they traded three first round picks for a guy they draft in the first round, number three overall, who never plays a snap for them in the regular season, basically. No, did he, he did. Yeah, uh, oh, it was no, the, right. He did the Bears game, but it was That's like right. super rainy. I think it was. Yeah. So, but I mean, he. I mean, just to have that not pan out, and yeah. then you'd be like, dude, you're screwed for five years, and they're in the Super Bowl. And they're in the Super Bowl. So it's crazy. Man. It's nuts. That's so, John Lynch, Yeah, man. kudos to John Lynch, yep. and uh, kudos to Shanahan for picking John Lynch. They're, and so. they're, they just draft so well. Yeah. Charvarius Ward's been just killing it on the defense for him. That defensive line is just nuts. I mean, yeah, the, the Chiefs, we'll, we're going to preview the Super Bowl next week. We'll, we'll do a real good deep dive into that. But yeah. it ain't going to be an easy game for either of these teams. But, I mean, that, that 49ers defense is real. Yeah, it's not the Super Bowl we are hoping for. It's the Super Bowl Chad's hoping for because the Chiefs are there. So, regardless. Right. But in terms of just, like, watchability, there's way more storylines in the other matchups. But I still think this is going to be a good one. I mean, you just I'm, I just said it right there. Mr. Irrelevant versus Patrick Mahomes. It's That's yeah, a crazy right. Crazy story and it's a rematch, in and of you itself. Know? Yeah, and yeah. it's a rematch from twenty one. So here's a here's a kind of wild thing for you. Just the the matrix is kind of broken. Last time we played the 49ers the Super Bowl, it was a leap year. Oh my god, it's a leap year this year. It was an election year, Biden and Trump. Oh my god, Biden, Biden and Trump, Trump again. again. It's a leap year again. Where's the cat, dude? Oh my Just like god, the matrix, dude. dude. We're in the Matrix. Watch. Four years from now, it'll be the Chiefs and 49ers game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Biden, Biden Trump and Trump again. And Biden's just going to be just like, wilting they, away. They just <laughs> wheel him out on dollies and just set them up there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or they'll be like in Futurama. They'll just be heads. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. That's fucking funny, dude. They're just talking heads because Nixon was the president in that show. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, let's. Good times. Let's move over to the AFC side of things. Let's do uh, it. Where the Chiefs? Oh, do we ever say the score? The Niners won thirty-four to thirty-one. Yeah. I don't know if we ever yep. actually said the score. Uh, but moving over to the AFC, the Chiefs defeat the Ravens seventeen to ten. Mahomes' first road playoff game in six years. And he wins. Yeah, uh, handily. Well, I mean, what? Not necessarily handily. He you did say all his he first had. road playoff. Isn't it? Second. Oh, second. Playoff. That's it's the right. Bills. Yeah. 
That's right. The Bills was the first one. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time he had to play on the road for the AFC Championship. So that's, that's technically yep. a correct stat still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it work. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so Lamar, who's going to be the MVP, uh, did not look right this game. No. And uh, we kind of talked about it too. I think the Ravens came in way too hyped up. Well, and, yeah, and I told you about it that the thing, one of the videos that really sorry to cut you off, but how uh, dare you? to to touch on that, it really says a lot about the two mentalities of the team. And this is what I love about Andy Reid so much. It's the video of and it was really cool of John Harbaugh trying to dance. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, he looked like a goober. You know all the players <laughs> love it. It's great that he does that with his players. But you don't do that after the AFC, after the divisional round. Yeah, you don't do that until after the Super yeah, Bowl. If you make it to the Super Bowl, if you, the AFC Championship game, okay. Yeah, you know, dance okay. around a little bit, yeah. whatever. But they just they acted like they had just won the Super Bowl. It was like a dance party in their locker room, and it was funny because they played before the Chiefs, and after the Chiefs won their game to go to the AFC Championship, that was the first thing that. Andy Reid said before he broke down the huddle, he goes, no dancing today, boys. We got more work to do. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, we saw that last year, too, not to you know go to talk about ourselves in terms of uh, the Nuggets, but after the Nuggets won, uh, the uh, finals, well, not the finals, the um, conference finals, they didn't even really celebrate. They're yeah. just kind of like, whatever. Like you could tell like ESPN and ABC were like, Hey guys. Like, yep. And they're just like, no, okay, cool. We got more work to <laughs> yeah, do. This isn't yep. what we want. So yeah. it's on to the next thing. And, uh, the Ravens were acting like they hadn't been there before. Uh, you had the Justin Tucker thing setting up next to Mahomes, Um, and that little back and forth they had, you had the couple scuffles before the game started. Yep. You had the, the Zay flowers meltdown, which to to me was the defining point of the game because they had been struggling so much for momentum. Uh, they come out, they go three and out the chiefs go out, score their first two drives. Uh, and then you have, uh, Lamar just struggling to get any sort of like rhythm or momentum in the game. They finally do the huge touch or the huge pass to Zay Flowers. Yep. He gets the taunting call on Legarius Sneed, and then you have him get the ball punched out by Legarius Sneed in the end zone for a touchback, just completely eradicating any and all momentum they had. And yep. you could just tell they were they were broken after that. I think the experience of the Chiefs being in so many AFC championships and big games really speaks volumes to and the big difference between the Ravens because this is a team that's never been in the AFC champion, never hosted an AFC championship game. They haven't been in one since they 2011. Did, they did which, host one, but it was back. It was when they were the Baltimore Colts. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was in 1971. So thank you. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that was the last time. But yeah, they, this was the first time as the new Ravens. Yeah. So I mean, all these players on this Ravens team, I mean, this is the biggest game they've been on. This is the biggest stage they've had. There were, I think, five penalties that were over 15 yards on them. Yeah. Like, four <laughs> unsportsmanlike conducts. And I mean, a lot of them, you know, and coming from a Chiefs fan, you know, I'll just say it, you know, it's obvious. Everybody will always go, oh, it's the refs. They're trying to help them out. But I think it's pretty, I don't think anybody can argue a lot of those unsportsmanlike conducts were them losing their temper. Oh, the one against with Kelsey, I was like, you know what he's doing. Yeah, he's baiting you, man. Yeah, he baited and, the and hell he out of yeah. laughed his ass off. <laughs> yeah, after right after great. Like, that oh, to me, shit, you fucking idiot. That is just a perfect example yeah. of Kelsey who has been there and been flagged for that stuff, knowing what What's going to happen? And he 
You know, the experience plays far into that. And yeah, like we talked about the Zay Flowers thing, man. It's like, dude, on this type of stage, this is not where you flip the ball up, a, flip the well, ball like at push the Jerry Sneed down. And he pushed then him he stands down. up, flips the ball, and he's like yep. flexing on him. And like, and, dude, you're down in this game. What are you who's doing? the guy that caused the fumble on Zay? Jerry Sneed. That was uh, the play of the year, if you ask me. I it definitely huge. was. There was a, a lot of beat writers for the Chiefs that said <clears> the same thing. That was the play. Because if... Uh, to give you a little timeline of the game, that would it was I think in the fourth quarter that would have put um, the Ravens up. Uh, it would have been seventeen fourteen, and a lot of the momentum would have been shifted to them. And I mean, it, it's crazy because I mean we've got to mention the Chiefs' offense stalled out in the second half. We didn't score yeah. any any points in the second half. Well, yeah, I mean, you look in the f- just to start the game, Mahomes completed his first eleven pass attempts, which matches the number uh, that Kelsey had in terms of targets and receptions. Yep, as he went uh, eleven for eleven for one hundred sixteen yards and a touchdown. Yep. he had the huge. Uh, uh, unsportsmanlike that he baited uh and then uh, then after the seventh catch he passes jerry rice for the most it was 152 i don't remember the number actually yeah but it passes jerry jerry fucking rice for yeah. the most reception career postseason receptions. Yeah, he's had a hell of a postseason run here, and yep. this was uh, just a nice little cherry on top. Uh, he was catching some Super great Bowl. balls, though, man. I mean, well, that, that touchdown. One, I don't know, did he get tipped or what happened? Or Mahomes was getting hit that like fucking fluttery ball. He yeah, made a it didn't get tipped. On. Mahomes just scrambles around, does what we call the Mahomes magic, and just flips it up. And you know, I got to mention what Andy Reid said about it. So Kelsey dives and catches the ball. It was a third down, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Andy, after the game, was asked about that diving catch, and he said, I've never seen Kelsey dive like that. I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I love how he always gives Kelsey shit for being old. Yeah, <laughs> That yeah. shit cracks me up. Um, oh, just to flip it back over to Baltimore real quick, want to give flowers to Kyle Hamilton. That guy played his ass Dude, off all game, game, everywhere. He yep. had that one uh, blitz on Mahomes where he sacked him, and I was like, "Dude, that guy is he, he uh, playing so, his ass yeah, off." I think he was all pro this year. Pretty yeah. Sure. Uh, other thing to mention: the crazy thing, Lamar's tipped pass to himself for a 13-yard that first was down. Nuts, dude. <laughs> so, if nobody knows, back I think it was when the Patriots lost to I, I don't remember. It was when I was watching the Man in the Arena. But there's a very famous quote from Giselle, the ex-wife of Tom Brady, yeah. when they lost in I think the playoffs or the Super Bowl, and it was uh, Wes Welker. Right, it was Wes Welker Something that dropped a dropped bunch of passes, the, yeah. and Giselle made a very controversial statement after the game, speaking to the media, saying, "What's he supposed to do? Throw it and catch it himself?" Well, Lamar he does. Can. Yeah, he yeah. Did. He just when that it. happened, I saw it up in the air. It was up in the air for, for so long. Ever, I was dude. like, "Oh, dude, there's this is getting intercepted," and I'm just watching it. And then also, you just see him like run by, like Swoop. and he's just yeah. And I don't know <laughs> I if like, you Whoa. saw the other the other side of the replay. <laughs> Justin Reed was oh, he was right there, it. right there. But they were all looking up, and yep. Lamar's, Lamar's just making just a play like, on it. Dude, like, Damn, that's that that's an insane. MVP. There's that's yeah. why he's going to be the regular season MVP for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, also. So, I mean, in terms of you mentioned regular season, Lamar is now, what is he? I uh, have it here somewhere. Um, Are you talking about playoff record? Yeah. Two and God four. Two and four. Yeah. Yep. I have it written down. I just lost it. Steel trap. Bro. Yeah, you got it. Uh, two and four in the playoffs. And uh, this was their best chance to, to do it. They had uh, Mahomes come into their house and uh, it didn't matter. So, uh, 
I think what we really got to talk about here before we wrap this up is the Chiefs defense, man. Um, I, I well, mean, I think this is the battle of the two best really defenses was. in the NFL uh, for all of the year. Well, the Chiefs came on a, a little bit later, but I mean, no, throughout the whole year, they they were pretty much number two. Um, they finished number two in points per game. Yeah, but what um, diehard fans out there might uh, we're aware of the Ravens. When it comes to DVOA, the advanced metrics and analytics, they were top five all time in defense. They're the first defense to ever lead the league in sats, sacks, points per game, and turnovers. All three categories. I mean, this is a historically great defense. Yeah. And it proved it. In the second half, the Chiefs still didn't do a shit. But I think it really goes to show, and I was telling people at Don's, I said, you know, when our offense was kind of lacking, I really wasn't that worried. I said, our defense Carried us throughout the year. They're going to carry us to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know, Mahomes basically just had to game manage the second half. That's it. The, yep. And that was all he did. And he actually spoke to that in the press conference afterwards. He said, I really learned how to yeah. – Damn it, I can't remember verbatim what he said, but it was pretty much that, just like how to manage the game when our defense is rolling is what he said. Yeah. But, um, yeah, did – Mentioned some stats, uh, four sacks on the game. George Harloft has played his fucking ass off. I love this dude out of Port Purdue. Uh, we he goes by Furious George. That's his nickname. Had, had a double digit sack this year. Um, then um, let's see. Justin Reed had a sack. There were three turnovers on the game. Charles Aminahu, who we do have to mention when it comes to injuries. Tore an ACL. Tore his ACL. It was a weird play where he like swung his leg and it hit somebody. Really unfortunate because he was the one that forced the fumble and then George Karloff just recovered it. But, yeah, I mean, we shut down the Ravens. Um, they, they got held to a field goal in the second half. That's it. And... Um, I mean, the, the past deflections, I think there were five past deflections. It's just, just unreal. I mean, that defense, uh, I got to mention, I didn't want to forget about this before the game. Uh, all of the defensive guys were wearing shirts and I love this new style, dude. I want to order, you see a lot of guys wearing this shirt. You saw it with the CU buffs. It's like yeah. where it kind of resembles that old nineties style, like a master P album. Yeah, That's what it looks like, like, dude. It's like a collage almost, but just like, like yeah. big, bold letters that are shiny. It said in spags, we trust with like demon eyes for spags. All the defensive guys wore it. He was asked after the game how you feel about it, and he was like, oh, you know, I was really humbled, a little bit embarrassed, but I really appreciate these guys. And Ryan Clark, after the game, I was like on Twitter for like two two hours after the game. I was just like in heaven, <laughs> yeah. man. I think I retweeted, I think, like 50 things. It was bad. <laughs> but anyway, one of them that I really liked a lot was from Ryan Clark's, believe it or not. And he said, Steve Spagnuolo is the best big game defensive coordinator because if nobody knows out there we'll give you a little reminder he is the one that stopped the perfect patriots in 07 he was the defensive coordinator that's uh of the giants that stopped the patriots and i think held them to like 21 points in that game it was a it was a very far low but i mean when it comes to big games i mean he really can dial up a game plan and really what we did in this game uh i always say we but i mean i always feel like i'm there in spirit but they ran pretty much like I think seventy percent diamond nickel, where they just backed off and then d- did yeah. contain, 
and then let the D-backs kind of just cover everybody. And then they were just daring Lamar to run the ball. And I think, like, he was just trying to prove to everybody that he was a pocket passer. And uh, yeah, like, we he saw the results of it. that. So uh, things felt – well, and they also – I mean, outside of Z Flowers, uh, they don't really – I mean – Oh no, Beckham didn't show up. They had some issues there with wide receiver not really showing well, up. But we can really talk on the uh, play calling too. I mean, I'm sorry. I you know obviously with this being the Chiefs, I could go on about this game for an hour at least. But the thing of it is, I'll try to wrap it up on this. I mean, the play calling, dude. Todd Munkin has called such great games all year long. When he went to the Ravens, I specifically tried to draft their tight ends. I wasn't able to get him in fantasy because this is a guy. If you remember, Brock Bowers is going to be a top five pick from Georgia. This is a guy that really utilizes tight ends. Yeah. And here's a stat for you. Going into the AFC Championship, uh, Lamar Jackson had a passer rating when targeting tight ends of 137. Yeah, it was insane. Dude, yeah. Isaiah likely. And before Mark Andrews got hurt, I mean, dude, they, they were having – some stat line was crazy for being <laughs> under pressure too this year. It was like he had a 70% completion percentage. Under yeah, pressure. I remember that. Yeah, Something like that. But. but what I wanted to get to is they only ran the ball with their running backs – Six times in this game. Yeah, well, while we wrap this one up, we'll, I'll run down the um, you know the top players of the game uh, just in terms of stats. Patrick Mahomes, thirty of thirty nine, two hundred forty one yards, one touchdown, six carries for fifteen yards. Pacheco, twenty four carries, sixty eight yards, and a touchdown. I forgot what he had in terms of receptions. Um, Travis Kelsey, eleven eleven, hundred sixty yards and a touchdown. Moving over to the Ravens, Lamar, twenty of thirty seven, two hundred seventy two yards, one touchdown, one interception. Eight carries for 54 yards. He was the leading rusher. Uh, Gus Edwards, three carries, 20 yards, one reception, 16 yards. Yeah. And then Zay Flowers, uh, five receptions, 115 yards, and the touchdown, two carries, four yards. But yeah, you just, they're one of the best running teams all they season. Were the best. Long. They, they, they were the, the best ball. running team of. <laughs> They the were holy number one, yeah, and you give did. six carries to your running backs. That's it's crazy, yeah. And I mean, it, obviously, game, game script comes into play there but you know really i mean we jumped out to that uh 14 7 lead but it's like you know that there's still plenty of time you don't have to abandon your your game plan or your identity as a team yeah i real quick the last thing i'll mention rasheed rice man i i this guy has shown up and been the breakout star for the chiefs all year long eight receptions i think only 46 yards but i mean Came through clutch. I was really worried on a huge stage like this. Is the rookie still going to be able to continue his good play, be reliable? He was so reliable. I know he had third down conversions. You know, it's not like he had a whole lot of yards, but his catches were super valuable. Eight catches. It's a hell of a day. That's yeah. a good game. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do in the yeah, he Super Bowl. Yeah, he has been the breakout star for the Chiefs and just a wide receiver room that has been barren of talent this year. And oh, I'm just going to keep going, dude. This is this is like bias brothers beater 10 20 minutes. MVS. We got to talk about uh, MVS. He doesn't catch many, but the few that he does catch are only are, in the playoffs are, are at the to seal games. For third and 9 <laughs> to seal the game, we get a first down, we can kneel it out. Patrick Mahomes off his back foot just tosses it up right over the defender and MVS. I did not think he was going to catch this ball. He was falling down as he caught it. Unbelievable. What all I can think of is dumb and dumber. 
You sell the van, you sell the sheepdog van, and then you come back with the motorbike. That's MVS right there. Totally redeem yourself. Totally redeem yourself. (laughs) All right, all right. That's it, okay. You can see Chad pitching a tent on the stream right now. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Just get me a pillow real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's time to move on. Uh, Like we said, we will be covering the Super Bowl next week and deep diving uh, the Super Bowl uh, I was pre-diving the Super Bowl, if you will. Yeah, so, a preview. Uh, so uh, it's time now, though, for the end of the show. We've gone probably a little bit longer than we have in recent weeks, but it's okay. Uh, it's now time for John Daly. Uh, he's going to hit it hard, man. I hit it hard, man. That's right. We hit it hard each and every week here on Fringe Fanatic Sports Podcast. And as always, John Daly is our, uh, I guess, mascot, if you will. And yeah, every right. week we like to feature a little bit of excellence at the end of the show for the Daily Dose of Excellence, named aptly for our uh, mascot, Mr. John Daly himself. And this week we are featuring Mr. Benjamin Cap. Chad, give us a little rundown on Mr. Benjamin Cap. Who is Benjamin Cap? you ask? Yeah, who is he? Is he related to Benjamin Button? Uh, close. He is an old guy like him. 89 years old right now. He has been a season ticket holder of the Detroit Lions since 1958. That's insane. That is crazy. Yeah. Cap's name came into the spotlight during Detroit's postseason run in 2023. His love for the Lions stretches back decades, however. A native of Gross Point, Michigan, Cap represents the oldest of the old guard of Honolulu Blue enthusiasts. He purchased his tickets in 1958, a year after the Bobby Lane Lead Lions vanquished all foes to capture their last NFL championship, like we alluded to earlier. They used to be good. Yeah. Yep. Cap initially bought two tickets. He added two more while Detroit played at Briggs Stadium. He made it six when the Lions settled into the Pontiac Silverdome. He reduced his outtake to four when Detroit moved into the Ford Field back in 2001, setting up shop in Section 108, Row 24. That's pretty good seats. Yeah, that is really nice seats. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to – we could go on and on about him, but, I mean, really the story of this, 66 years – He's held on. I mean, this that's f- f- as a season ticket holder for the Detroit Lions. That's through countless losing seasons. That's an 0 and 16 season. That's yeah. that's having Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson and not being able to do anything. Talk about a fringe fanatic, a guy that has been a diehard faithful. To me, this is the best representation of a fan you could possibly think of, man. Well, it's been just been nice this postseason to see all of these Lions fans uh, just going through the motions. I mean, he got to witness the first playoff win after being a season ticket holder since the 50s. You get to see all these guys who've grown up probably their whole lives our age dealing with just a terrible team. And there's guys that are openly crying, hugging each other in the stands. Um 
you know, probably being more emotional with a stranger than they are with their own family and significant others. Yep. So uh, it, it's been cool to watch that. And this guy is one of the ones that has gotten a lot of run, especially on X. Um, he's been uh, the talk of the town, especially after being focused or focused on during the playoff run here for the Lions. And it's just cool to see, man. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you realize uh, sports goes a little farther than just sports. Uh, it, it's not just watching people play a game, you know. It, it, there's people that are having like actual connections in the stands, and that was one thing Meryl brought up. You know, she's not big into sports, and even just going to the games is a, a little much for her at times, just in terms of how intense oh, yeah. it is. Uh, but she's like, it, it is cool to see all these people just like for the, one for three hours, just like the be camaraderie, all, man, be all together yep. for something, even if it is something as, yeah. as dumb as, as a sport so. to speak on that. His quote says it best. I believe it really hits on what you're talking about. He goes for us. It was about family. Cap said, it's the game of football that we like. We each played football in high school. I played junior varsity, but Stan made it to varsity. But it's a game we all enjoy. All of our friends and buddies and everybody loves football. And that's what I'm talking about, man. I mean, that's why I love going to Don's. I mean, after they win, dude, I literally walk around the entire bar high-fiving everybody. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are strangers. Some of them are guys that I only see from Don's. Yeah. And I've got g- good friends that I know from Don's now. And, I mean, that's just it. It's like Don's can be... A tight packed place. It's not your typical sports bar with 50 TVs everywhere and stuff like that. But what I say to everybody after games is like, it's, it's about family, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll, if they ask me tomorrow to go like help them move, that's what I would do. And that's why I loved what he said when Cap was like, for us, it's about family. You know, football's like the, the spark to it. It's, it's a way to get around yeah. to it, but it's no different than going over to Europe and then kicking around football or soccer. <laughs> yeah. You know, they have the same type of camaraderie. Humans need that, or we're just going to go to war and kill each other. So, you know, I, Andy Reid has a quote that I love so much. When he was asked about international games, like when we went to Germany, he said, I wish all countries would play football. Then we wouldn't have wars. We would just play football. Yeah, well, that's how you settle things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can't our team versus say it your team. Any better, man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, th- this show was born out of that. Really, I mean, we obviously don't love the same teams, but sports is what brought us together in, in right. general, and and started us hanging out outside of work. And right there, and now, yeah, Whoop, he punches the shit. mic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. It's it's what uh, has brought us together and, and made us now start a podcast. So uh, it just goes to show you, sports runs a lot deeper than in just the uh, the surface. Stuff, it does, so. man. It just it's just the spark, indeed. And I think on that note, well, hats off to you, Ben Cap. Yep, we're gonna give a hats off to Mister Ben Cap. We're gonna give a hats off to each and every one of you that tunes in or listens each and every week. We appreciate and love you all greatly. Yeah, Chad Lee. Hit it hard. Um, yeah, I found some shit up right there. Tune but, uh, in, tune in next week, guys. We'll have a big Super Bowl preview, and uh, who knows, we might even have a guest on. We've been trying to give Greg a lot of shit because we need some bets. Yeah, we need some locks. Uh, we're also going to try and, and just get some new, um, new guests for some other stuff to talk about. You know? That's so, true. Uh, until next time, guys, we love you. Cheers. Love you guys. We'll see you next Cheers. week. Toodles. Love you, buddy. Love you, man. Bye-bye.